0: Hello and welcome to the Hive Podcast with me, Natalina High. In this series, I want to explore how the coronavirus has and is changing the ways in which we live. From its impact on our social, psychological and physical well being to its effect on our businesses, economies, our cultures, and the climate. Crucially, at the heart of my inquiry, I want to unearth what unexpected opportunities this situation may bring, not only for our own lives, but also for the ways in which we want to build our future. I hope you'll join me as we dive into these big questions. And as always, if you'd like to know more, you can find additional resources and links at natalinahigh.com forward slash the podcast, and you can also reach out to me personally on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn at High. And if there's anyone you know who's really struggling right now, who you feel might be supported by the topics and themes and conversations that we hold within this podcast, please do send them a link. Thank you again for joining me in this strange time. I hope you enjoy the show. In today's show, I had the pleasure of speaking with Joshua Macht, the Executive Vice President and Chief Product and Innovation Officer at Harvard Business Publishing. An American journalist and media commentator, he joined HBR from Time Magazine, where he worked as the editor and general manager of Time.com, as well as the magazine's technology editor. Before that, he was a journalist at Inc. Magazine, where he became the editor and co-founder of Inc.com. I wanted to bring Josh onto the show to explore some of the impacts that this pandemic is having on businesses. And for most of us, the current crisis has put a halt to business as usual. And with companies and workplaces having to adapt quickly to the new landscape, I wanted to ask him how going virtual may be changing the ways in which we do business, both in the short term and in the future. In this episode, we talk about the values and qualities that leaders will need to cultivate during the crisis, and how this may influence everything from the management of remote workers to the ways in which companies fulfill their social responsibilities. We recorded this conversation on the 20th of March, and it was really interesting to explore how we're already starting to see changes in the ways in which we do business. I hope you enjoy the show. So Josh, thank you very much for joining me from Boston. Is it sunny there right now? It's in the morning?
1: It is Very grey and rainy, but it is supposed to warm up today.
0: Yay! (laughs) Well, I hope it brightens up. Um, Right, so let's dive in with the big question, which is, from your perspective, what do you think is happening in the global human psyche right now?
1: Wow, that's your opener, (laughs) Natalie? My (laughs) gosh, it's 9.14 here. How is this affecting the global psyche? My gosh, I don't know if I'm uh, (laughs) uh, either qualified or awake enough to answer this but i'm gonna um (laughs) wow i'll 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 give it a go for you i mean great I, i don't think we really know yet i think we're so early on with uh living in and working in different ways that we you know we're just in that moment of of adjustment my big thing to to that i that i say to everybody and in, in our company is you know this adjustment will take everyone different times that's the one big thing i see is that we're all having to kind of figure out how are we going to live like this mm-hmm. in you know meaning where we don't see each other as much and even for introverts i think that's going to be difficult so i I think there's a lot for us to tell, but I, I think this period of adjusting is sort of longer than we realize because we all work online now and we think, oh, we're just jumping online and we're just mm. doing uh, what we've always done on WebEx and talking to each other. and But it is so dramatically different and every day brings a different turn. so. I don't know. I think in a few weeks, maybe we we might even be in a better place to think about collectively what this means for us.
0: Mm. And I wonder at this early stage, because I know that in the US, um, well, it's slightly you're slightly further behind in the trajectory than Spain and Spain is further behind than Italy, for instance. But do you start to see signs of how the current situation is playing out in the world of business?
1: Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you can clearly see that... Uh, I mean, you could even feel it Uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was away with a group of uh, business people from different, various different industries, and you could see that deals were just coming to a halt. Mm. And all of a sudden, you know, of course, economies, you know, they thrive on confidence and hope. And the notion of huge uncertainty is incredibly difficult, I think we're getting more and more to the to the point of resignation, like, okay, this is, we're just taking, you know, the economy is taking ahead, business is um, going to change. And I think what will happen, and I think we've seen this in other crises that, that I've lived through, is that business people slowly adjust to thinking over the next few weeks, what is the new reality? Mm-hmm. And how will the game that we play be different? And how will we go forward? I I still think we're absorbing the shock of it all. So I don't know that, you know, um, I don't I don't know that we're quite there yet. But that's at least for me, I think business folks will start to um, will slowly start to pivot. I'm sure many, many have already, but I think it'll happen more and more as we um, as we live with this longer and longer.
0: Mm. It's a curious one, because I think at least from from our perspective and having conversations with friends and clients in London, um, also some in, in Rome. Um, people have quite a different experience the longer they're in lockdown. So, for instance, in Italy, I was talking with clients and they were saying that that with this forced isolation has come a higher desire or need for contact. And so, for instance, they were telling me that people were opting for video calls where previously an email would have sufficed. Um, and this is two weeks into self-isolation to quarantine to working online sure. um how do you think our need for social connection might change in terms of its expression now that we're operating increasingly in a virtual space
1: well it's funny you say that because uh you know people uh whom i work with know me as an extrovert and uh, we're a publishing company so there are lots and lots of introverts uh, mm-hmm. which is great um but but for the extroverts, you know, it's sort of uh, we're on the vanguard. We're on the cutting edge of feeling this acutely, right? Mm. Because all of a sudden, you know, we, th- we thrive on that sort of human contact. Uh, um, I think it's really interesting. All the Twitter traffic around, uh, you know, people in Spain and Italy playing music on their... On their balconies I don't know how that would go over In my little neighborhood in New England I'm, I'm not quite sure If I start playing the accordion out there <laughs> If uh If I, I I feel like here People might like throw things You know Like We're trying to put the kids to sleep oh. Um So I'm not sure how that goes down I think I One thing I've noticed right away though Is that There is This video conferencing Is Is just really this like Pale shadow of real interaction mm-hmm. And that Um you know, when I walk out into my neighborhood and take walks during the day and see people, you really get the contrast from looking at people on a mm-hmm. screen all day. So well, we'll take it, especially if you really thrive on human interaction, it's nice to see people and it's better than nothing. I. It's also, it's not quite, uh, it's, it's not quite what it really needs to be. And I mm-hmm. think that's going to be, you know, difficult for people, especially if we get more and more, you know, now we're hearing in the United States, California is being sort of said, like, everybody stay in your homes. Mm. That's a big, that's a big, big deal. And, um, you know, that is going to be incredibly trying over time, I think, for introverts and extroverts. Mm.
0: And I wonder if you're seeing a shift in how people are using technology, because obviously, a lot of us are trying to replace social interaction, Physically with virtual interactions, like on um, Zoom or WebEx or Microsoft Teams or whatever it might be, um, do you think that this might actually spur a leap in innovation in how these platforms are designed?
1: Yeah, I I think so. My that would be my my bold prediction is we are going to you know find virtual ways of connecting beyond like you know what we've seen of second life or even i'm not even talking about virtual reality because right out of the gate right what we're seeing is in our company at least people um there have been virtual cocktail hours Um, i know (laughs) i hear lots of stories of people doing that in the neighborhood we i have a little group um i like you natalie i play music with a small little group of folks at my um uh friends basically Mm. at the company and outside so we we were like, well, let's try and get together. Now, it's kind of in, really difficult to use uh, yeah. video conferencing right now to do that. So, so which we knew, but we were like, whatever, let's just try it and we'll have a beer together or whatever. <laughs> but um, and then we quickly found that there's all this sort of virtual session, uh, you know, software out there and. I just think you see it with um, all of a sudden surfacing Netflix, watching with friends, you know, that you can chat and watch Netflix with these apps. That's you see that stuff surfacing. Yeah. So I think we are um, going to I think new things will pop up. People will see it as an opportunity for like, how do we have that real human connection that um that so many of us thrive on
0: it sounds like finding ways to enrich previously more solitary experiences with that social contact so the netflix watching that with friends sounds really interesting Mm -hmm. i've been thinking about this from a personal level for a little while um and also seeing how people are responding to the situation because it is something which provokes deeper questions um And also more of an emotional and even existential response. I'm also curious what you think about the fact that people might start bringing more of themselves into work. Because there is this sense that I get that a lot of the stuff that we share face to face implicitly, um, the things that we're excited about, the the things that that we feel more emotionally fired up about, the stuff which we kind of take for granted when we talk with friends in the workplace. And I wonder when we see that being put to one side where it's virtual interactions if we're going to see people expressing their desires their values in different ways so for instance for me it's kind of I'd be wondering if I'm going to start sharing some of the music like you mentioned about your music with friends or some of the poetry or these aspects at what point do you see these more private aspects of ourselves being presented more in a professional context do you think that's something that we're going to see more of and what do you think about that in terms of its impact on business and relationships there's a lot of questions in there
1: <laughs> there's a lot in there no I think that's a really good question um I think uh I'm 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 I think I'm an old reporter at, at heart always because I'm when you say things like this I'm like I'm so curious I'd love to know how a lot of people would respond to that the one the one thing that I I think you're touching on that we're seeing right away so all of a sudden, our company, like a lot of others, has shifted to, you know, video conferencing, Zoom, WebEx, uh, Slack calls, whatever, mm. uh, overnight. Like, that's what we're all doing all the time from our homes. Now, what is the number one thing that, you you know, that is so interesting uh, about the novelty is that you're seen into people's homes.
0: Oh, that's so true.
1: Right. <laughs> so that so you, I think you're touching on something really important because there's this you know and i'm and i'm you know no expert but what clearly anthropologists and people like yourself and sociologists study pu- public and private spaces mm. and now it's it's this collision really of your of your public and your work life mm. uh, with your private life so mm. you know you care i mean people care like what's behind them but they can't always control it you know so there are things that are just part of the house that you look into. And every so often I'll say, oh, you have that sort of air conditioner and the person's just, you can get, sell, they're instantly self-conscious. Like, uh, yeah, well. Uh, um, <laughs> and people comment on, you know, where is that person? What's that, where, you know, and we're even told, you know, we give advice on the Harvard Business Review's website. We have articles about working virtually. And a part of it is like, when you start, give a tour of your of where you you are mm. you know like and um uh sure i guess but it is this thing where all of a sudden you know you're of uh, and for some people who are very very private their mm. private home and their private that's really you know, and you almost, it'd be funny to study, you know, are the people who are private and introverted just, you know, do they only have white backgrounds? Because they're like, <laughs> I'm not going to give away a thing. And the extroverts like me have, you know, like their, you know, uh, 1981 poster of Bruce Springsteen on the wall. You know, it's like, what are we What are we willing to show? Um, what, are, what are we not willing to show? What does that say about who we are? I mean, I think those are all interesting questions. Now, the other thing you might be pointing towards is that as we, um, as we do break into each other's personal spaces, does that then, for some, lead to, you know, I'm willing to share a bit more? Mm. That's probably a great theme for a novelist to explore. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I, I think that's an interesting one for you to watch, for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'd be curious to see how that unfolds.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, I think there's there's a, some really interesting research that has looked at how physical spaces, interior spaces can be read if you like from a psychological perspective to give us insights into personality traits. But um mm-hmm. but it's yeah, it's really interesting to me how we enrich these experiences either uh, implicitly or explicitly. Yeah. Um so I want to move into a slightly different direction. So one of the things that we see like in any crisis is that there are always some people who will seek to take advantage of the uncertainty, the panic, the confusion, um, desire for information, et cetera. Do you see any dynamics like that playing out in the business world? Or is it too early to tell?
1: No, I think you're, I mean, you're already, yeah, there's lots of people. Uh, and I won't really name anything in particular, mm-hmm. but you see lots of people quickly making a dash for cash and trying to figure out, uh, how to take advantage of this. And I think that's that's pretty transparent. I think the, the only thing I'd say about, so there's, well, much of that ha- is happening. And then there's even more nefarious things going on, which is terrible, where people are trying to take advantage of people when they're most vulnerable. So that's, that's all awful. I think, though, um, there is a moment for businesses to be genuine and to help their communities. And we're seeing, you know, that you know, there are lots of examples around being able to be more uh, Mm mission-based, in in fact. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. one of the things, honestly, about Harvard Business Publishing that I've always loved is that we have this mission, But and our mission is always around giving ideas to help people manage, um, you know, improve their their lives at work, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of a sudden, though, overnight, that mission came into high relief as so many of the professors who use our materials to teach were just racing to go online, and we were able to kind of quickly open up online webinar um, teaching—you know—how to teach online webinars for free yeah. um, to thousands and thousands and thousands of people, and that felt really good. And 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 I and I I think that you know you do see a lot of examples. You also see people, by the way, I hear this all the time, just wanting. Local businesses are, are, are you know, this is such a, a tough, yeah. tough moment. And you, you just see it online everywhere. Let's help do the best we can. Let's order delivery or do what we can to support the local businesses. Mm. So I think there, while you have the negative side, there's also going to be, we're going to see more and more examples on the positive side as well.
0: Yeah. And I do wonder because um, in a lot of the talks that I give, so mine's sort of more on the Digital side, so behavior, influence, responsibility—all of these questions. Um, a lot of brands have been interested for a while now in what it means to express internal values externally, so public communication of um, what they believe in as a company. And I think, as you mentioned, this this has become even more important. And I and I wonder if this is an opportunity for a deeper orientation towards, or in some cases, reorientation towards being really pro-social and supporting the wider community. Um, do you think that that's something that's a wider shift that we're seeing anyway?
1: Yeah, I, I, I do. And I think um, HBR and and in particular our editor-in-chief Adi Ignatius has done a good job of talking with CEOs and, mm. and bringing that sort of coverage um, into what we do. And you see more and more of it. It is also incredibly complicated. Mm. I mean, we have to be honest that with um and you hear this all the time you know in the financial news around there are lots of funds that are built around you know whatever you want to call it double impact like a social impact and then also uh a return for shareholders and th- i think we're having more and more healthy conversations around uh the friction and the balance and the fact that companies have uh many many stakeholders they're parts of communities there's a uh, you know, listen, I remember years ago, HBR, we, we did a, a cover piece on just how transparency just through th- searching the internet is transforming how c- companies need to interact in the world. Hmm. And we've, we are, we are seeing that, um, and talking more and more about this, this may be one of those moments, um, where we look back and we say there was something genuine that happened yeah. that, um, that we relied on companies and industry in a in in a different way but i think there's also just a lot of sentiment out there that people say well yeah but if you're driven by the profit and the need to return and the need to grow and the short-termism it's it's really hard for us to see companies in a light as um as altruistic and i i think that's a that's, those are fair comments as well mm-hmm. uh, but but this is a, an unusual moment so i think looking back on it, would be interesting to see if something changed in how we think about uh, companies and their social responsibilities.
0: Yeah. That's super interesting. And I think especially when we think about how so many businesses are facing, well, the really grim prospect of having to cut costs, to avoid bankruptcy. Um, I wonder what you think are some of the strategies that businesses and individuals can employ to become more resilient
1: more resilient. Ugh, that's a tough one. Mm. I, what I keep saying to people is, I feel like we were just thrust into a marathon, mm. and we have not really trained for this marathon. We just <laughs> all of a sudden it was like you're gonna now you're gonna be in a marathon, <clears throat> and everyone's like, we you know this is this is gonna be marathon. Prepare for a marathon. Prepare for a marathon. What, seriously? People take years to get ready for a marathon. And every marathoner I've ever spoken to says, it's not the physical part, Mm. it's the mental part. (laughs) They're like, anybody can run a marathon. Physically, you can get yourself there. Mentally, Mm. are you prepared to be on mile 15 and thinking, whoa, I have a lot further to go. What, What do I have to do to make it through this long haul? So I think that when I say that there's this longer adjustment period than people realize, if you haven't trained for something at all, and then you're thrust into it, you're going to train essentially as you go. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to essentially learn as you go. Mm. And we know, and the one thing I love innovation, I love creating new things, but we, and, and I love the process of creating new things and then, you know, uh, mechanizing them or, or operationalizing them and then... But it takes a while. There's a lot of inefficiency up front before you get good at something. And mm. that's where I really think, you know, if this turns out to be longer than anyone wants, we 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 need to realize that there's this upfront time. It's just gonna, I think it's just gonna take us longer to adjust and get our heads around it. And then, you know, we are resilient and people do adapt. And uh, we we could... You know, get better and better at this. And then that starts to lead to questions about, well, then are you forever changed? Mm. You know, are you different? Because you did adapt. And now, uh, you know, we don't go back to work the same way if, if it's months and months from now. Mm. Um, these are these are like fascinating moments. For, I mean, for you, I'm kind of jealous now. I mean, it's kind of a cool to be able to sort of study this and think about it and write about it. This is a kind of a cool moment to say what's what's what is going to happen with society.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's such an interesting experiment for those of us who are fortunate enough not to be at the sharp end. So those who aren't in poor health or in dangerous situations financially or relationally. Um, But I, I do I think I'd like to hold the space for what's possible now. What what can we do in this quite precious gateway of time to focus on the things that are most important, most possible um, and I do wonder, I wonder what the new normal will be, and this is a question that I've been asking guests, um, and I think from from the perspective of looking at it through the eyes of neural plasticity, how do, we, how do we adapt to brain circuits change in this new sort of virtually connecting way, so how does social dynamics react and change and shape, what does it mean for the ways in which we relate to work so if we're suddenly working more remotely is there a freedom that comes with that is there a change in priorities that comes with that and you know if you look at it from the perspective of habit forming um, if you are looking to build new habits what does it mean if we are in a transition period to a new way of working where that's over 40 or 50 or 60 days what does it mean for when we come out the other side what will have changed from that perspective, from behavioral perspectives. I'm curious what you think the new normal might look like.
1: Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, you're, you ask tough questions now. I, and I love, I love thinking about the future. I always have, you know, um, I wasn't like a big sci-fi kid, but I just like <laughs> thinking, you know, well, how are things going to be different in the future? And then all of a sudden you have these, this, this, you know, uh, disruption that changes everything. Um, and so it's really hard to tell and, and, uh, you know, and, and even guess about what we might look like, mm. uh, you know, and I'd be even, I'm, I'm sort of curious, like, I, I'd love to uh, listen to this recording even two weeks from now and think like, <laughs> hmm, how wrong was I? And I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll be wrong, but, but, uh, but, but it's a fun game anyway. So let's yeah. do it. Um I think there are parts of this new reality that are going to be all of a sudden difficult to leave. And that, um, yeah, I think I already see people a little bit online, um, in the conference calls. I can see after one week, by the way, it's just Mm. been like five, you know, we're on day five for Mm. us as a company, but you can see here and there just a little bit more of people's true self. And, um, I think that in ways that that, as I was saying, when you're in the public space of work, you know, and you're professional and we're all professionals, um, <laughs> you, you don't, you don't show off. I mean, people, I, I kind of do, cause I'm a little bit more out there, and I, but most people don't. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of a sudden, how, how do you put that back in the box? I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you do, I think. There are also just things about new habits and new ways of, even the small thing about just getting rid of all of a sudden the commute and then Mm. realizing, well, what am I doing with that time? And then do I want to relinquish that at the end of this? You know, for many of us, the shift to managing remote people is very difficult. That's Mm. something we talk about all the time. Now, if we get good at it, we may want to be much more distributed so that notion of you know, uh one day or two days at home mm-hmm. each week, all of a sudden, it may not be such a dichotomy, like the work from home day versus the it may be very fluid. Mm-hmm. like, well, I know that this is going to change us, and I know it'll be the changes will be deeper the longer mm-hmm. we're in this. My gut though, is just that we're gonna find some things we we really like about this life, and <laughs> it's that it's hard to say that right now because we're terrified um we're impacted we're watching as you said this is just such a tough moment for so many people and it and it could get a lot harder Mm. um but my my guess is um there there there's always like a silver lining there will be think there will be some good and there will be some things we like and there will be ways that um you know, we are changed uh, forever as a, as a result of it.
0: It's such an interesting thought experiment. Um, and I know as I've been reading, the the tech giants of Silicon Valley in particular have been moving in the direction of remote working for quite some time already. And some of these were the first companies to physically support their employees to work from home, buying things like desks and chairs and laptops and stuff, Um And I wonder from your perspective, given that we are very early on in this process, how has the situation shone a light on the things that you value and hold dear?
1: Already out of the gate. Um, Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's really an interesting question. I think... You know, one thing that happens right away in what happened to me right away is all of a sudden. So I have one, uh, I have two kids uh, who one is a freshman at college and abruptly had to come home. Mm. The other, a senior in high school. And that was always such a fun time where school didn't really matter much in the United States. (laughs) And so she, um, it, it just accelerated the, okay, well, I wasn't really caring about school. Now I... Now I it's sanctioned, like I don't have to. So all of a sudden uh they're uh we're all around together. And that is um, you know, it's really a test in some ways mm-hmm. because now they're adults. Um but in others it, it reminds you of just you know how nice it is to be together. Um and, you know, and I, I also have to say you're you're Catching me at least, you know, with only being four or five days in, I started maybe yesterday and I think this weekend probably even more so to think like, okay, you know, what are those things that I really um, will want to focus on? Mm. How will the way I use time, you know, I'm someone who's, well, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm out there in many ways. I'm also pretty mechanized and, you know, my day is... I'm a kind of a slave to the calendar <laughs> and meeting to meeting, to meeting, to meeting like so many people, you barely have a moment to think. And I think all of a sudden we're, at least for me, I'm, there's a moment of like, let me step back and, and reallocate my time in different ways. And what do I want to, um, if I'm going to have more time inside my house, like, what does that mean? Yeah. I've, you know, I've always played a lot of music. I've always, I've, I write and do other things, but what does that mean right now? So I, i th- think i'm just beginning to process that piece of it um, Mm -hmm. and the values piece Um, so i don't know i have to come back on your show maybe (laughs) when i've you know grown a beard i've grown a long beard and and, uh haven't had a haircut in you know uh, eight weeks or something and i'll i'll be maybe i'll be you know like thoreau
0: or something i don't know (laughs) Maybe that's a good idea to revisit, like yeah. weeks two, three, four, and five. How are you doing now? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, because I think this thing is is gonna change. And our, our, yeah, I think this. What I've really understood in the last couple of days is that we're really just having to take it one day at a time. And what answers we're finding now may well change dramatically depending on how things progress and where we're at yeah
1: i mean my biggest message internally when i when i talk to people in the company i try and reinforce is let's just give each other time mm. Yeah, and we are all have different stresses on us and it's happening in real time mm. like be i mean for me this notion you know like be kind to one another but also just remember that we're all adjusting at different at different speeds and and you know we really haven't ever done something like this so um, there's always a funny time right before the holidays mm-hmm. right before you know uh, in in the united states where i always feel like like the couple of days before christmas you're like is wow is everyone being really nice to each other in some ways i feel like <laughs> it's that moment it's like the day before you know where it's like let's just be really nice to each other you know let's just come on let's just let's just try um <laughs> And I, and I know it sounds corny and whatever, but it's like, let, 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 let's take it to heart. You know, let's mm-hmm. really do that.
0: There is a possibility that, that this fundamentally changes the way that we lead as well. So the people who are in positions of authority, who maybe have a more disciplinarian, authoritarian style, I wonder how that's going to be received as this uncertainty plays itself out. Um, and I wonder if it, creates perhaps more space for more collaborative more empathetic socially intelligent ways of working what do you think about that
1: well I think you know when you touch on leadership it's really interesting um because you know my feeling is this is a moment where it's really it's it's hard to uh stay focused on work Mm. all the time you know, right now. And I think, you know, part of it, as I say, you got to give, give each other the space. But I think as leaders, I think we will look back and see some styles worked and some didn't. I mean, we, we know, we look at things like, you know, if you look at the Shackleton story, which everybody likes to look at and think about, you know, how they survived on this great exploration that didn't go so well. Mm -hmm. And what, and the dynamics of how, what happens with leaders when, you know, different styles um, you can can really make or break you and it's such a test of leadership too right to that notion of can you get people excited and motivated to to follow and to uh, want to do their best and want to in our case you know we really have a mission and we try and make meaning and purpose out of that but it's Mm. it's really difficult when people have so many other distractions and I'm not I don't know, you know, I know for myself, I, I feel like I'm being tested in real time. And um, I don't know if one style uh, ultimately is gonna outdo another. I just know that every style of leadership is going to be under this test. And I, I think the, the only thing I think of from the HBR perspective is that I do think there's a moment where we can learn a lot about ourselves yeah. as leaders, where we can say, we can kind of say week to week, What is working? What, you know, what's not working? Um, And and kind of in real time, see for ourselves, how do we do, um, how can we do better?
0: Mm. And I wonder what qualities you think will be most helpful during this period because i mean we've touched on the aspect of bringing people into our homes at varying degrees and you know yeah. leadership styles obviously are going to have an impact yeah do you see certain qualities being more called upon right now to help people during this moment of transition
1: yeah i definitely do i mean for me i think the number one thing is empathy and i think when you feel it from the top mm-hmm. i think uh, you know even you know we're not the most hierarchical organization on the planet and some are flatter than others, but there is a sense of leadership and people picking up uh, a vibe from leadership. And I Mm -hmm. think empathy uh, goes a long long way. And it, you know, you see these psychological experiments all the time where Mm -hmm. if one person starts yelling, another person starts yelling, they ratchet up, you know, people ratchet up the anxiety, right? And I think a part of it is, um, that people do mirror each other in those ways and mm-hmm. I think when you start to uh, show empathy as you go through these trying moments um, it, it, it's contagious but in you know in a good way, not mm-hmm. not in the bad way that we're saying it's a good contagion And that um, I think right at the outset for me that's the one that that attribute just pops up in my mind mm-hmm. that you know I want, the leaders around me and at our company to um, really take into account the fact that this is so trying for people and that we will get through it. And um, that may change. There may be other uh, uh, prominent attributes for sure. i um, and competencies and skills uh, financial acumen and things like that will come into play for sure. It just seems to me that the one at the outset um, mm-hmm. it, it would be would be empathy.
0: That one. So I know with HBR you guys work with a lot of really big businesses and encourage all sorts of wonderful explorations into many aspects of business. Um, One of the things I've been thinking a little bit about, um, because a lot of my friends work as self-employed consultants and writers and creatives, is how the current situation might impact them um, and what might be helpful advice for people in these self-employed positions. I don't know if you want to have a stab at that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you're right. I mean, we do talk to a lot of big companies, so that's for sure. Um, my, my shameless plug is that um, Harvard Business Review and HBR.org, we talk a lot about managing yourself. Hmm. Uh, and that's been a long, long time theme for, for many, many years. And I think uh, there is a tremendous amount um, you know, around... As we go through this, that people can think about um, in terms of one of the big areas that we that we uh, write a lot about is emotional intelligence. And that Mm. uh, I think, whether you're in a big or small business, uh, (laughs) if you're hearing the dogs bark in the background, sorry about that. See, working at home.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) But I think. The, the emotional intelligence piece I think is going to be really important whether you work on your own or in a big company because mm-hmm. you're, you're still out there interacting with customers, with family, with clients. You're, you're managing all these things. And so having that self-awareness um, as we go through the crisis I think is um, – and, and, ba- and the whole – what we're seeing, these, these whole notions around mindfulness and that, those mm-hmm. themes – um, I think are super important for individuals right now um, mm-hmm. because it is hard uh, under such stress to slow things down and to be as thoughtful as you want interactions are on phones they're fast you may you know you may get a, a call from a customer um, or someone who's doing a freelancer and you may be in the middle of something at home that's crazy mm-hmm. it's it's we're in such different circumstances that I think a lot of those trends um, around things like mindfulness and whatnot are are actually going to become pretty useful to people um, as they think about you know managing themselves through this, and um, we'll we'll see. Hopefully, we can learn.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, again, this is back into the territory of thought experiments, which I think we're going to be in for quite some time. What kind of vision do you want to hold during this time of what's possible for business?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think part of what I like to think is that this does, um, this is a moment where businesses are going to be tested, but can, you know, eventually, again, you know, for our business, we're week one. So, (laughs) but in the next, in the coming weeks, Um, Really, um, I think for many, many, many businesses, um, those that are just not in dire straits, because there's so many businesses right now that it's just the doors have been shut (laughs) and it's just a terrible moment. You know, it's just a it's just crushing and dream crushing. And I think for business, bigger businesses that are sustaining, there's um, I would like to think that uh, business leaders around the world, you know, are going to rethink Everything around uh, how we interact as a global economy Mm. um, How connected we are some are arguing you see this already in the press that we're sort of you know Globalism has peaked Mm. Um, All these trends are are around that we've seen around the globe in the last you know uh, Five or ten years around nationalism things like that Have have taken hold Um, Maybe that that's possible I think Businesses are going to have to rethink how they operate their models, how mm. they provide value, who they are in the community. Um, I, in my dreams, I like to think that this brings to the fore that social part of, for lack of better words, that social responsibility that businesses have that so, so many people feel gets ignored mm. and um, that businesses are only out to maximize shareholder value. And those are fair, totally fair criticisms. But look, um, there is a race on for vaccines and cures and remedies. Now, a lot of that is driven by um, profit for sure, Mm. but um, there's no question about it. So how those things get rolled out, how those businesses act, this is a a defining moment for so many people who are going to be right at the Red Hut center of business and, and the needs of people. Forget about like, let's not even talk like society. Let's just talk people human beings in need in relying on businesses that are driven by lots of different motives but 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 profit motives Mm -hmm. how they act those people who are leading this is this is uh you know a a huge huge moment i i i just i'm an optimist now so (laughs) i want to think that the best comes out of us i do and i i i want to think that and i kind of probably need to think that (laughs) uh, because you know i gotta i gotta get up every morning and um and uh, and I want to be part of a publishing entity that helps people to do to to breed, to be them be- their best selves. So that's my wildest dreams. Um, I don't think it's so wild, but we'll see.
0: <laughs> I like that vision. I also wonder. I'm curious about what you touched on there around global, kind of global versus local. Um, do you think that businesses will start taking into account more of their local impact as things go on, especially given that there's such a great need for smaller businesses to be supported during this time? Um, and also, I'm wondering if the global connection, the global relating will happen more virtually as opposed to relying so heavily on physically being present for meetings across the world. Like, What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no question when all of a sudden, you know, everybody's saying, you know, talking about our uh, pharmaceuticals are all manufactured in, you know, China. Is that really what we want? People are asking that question. Is that is that do we really if this is if this is a new normal, like, do we really want to be that reliant on um, so there could be an overcorrection to let's be. Let's really think local. Um, there's obviously been lots of trends, especially in the food industry. You know, the local, the local, uh, you know, farm to table, all that stuff. Um, I think you, you know, there's the, the potential for us to think, well, we got to be, you know, hyper hyper local. Um, you know, this may cause exaggerated swings in a pendulum, right? That that maybe were happening anyway um but would have happened more slowly. That that could happen. Um uh I think it's the one thing I just think at the root of it is that we are probably for communication and transportation reasons hmm. can just connected around the world in ways that um are I don't know that there's any real going back, even though this is gonna make us rethink a lot of global versus local. Um I I think that the way people communicate especially when you watch younger like my my children <laughs> who are you know the way they communicate around the world and and what they're doing with TikTok and other things um I don't know. I I think I'm not sure that uh uh going back and swinging back the other way is going to be all that easy.
0: Yeah. Logistically, there's quite a few concepts that we've theoretically been playing around with that are now starting to become perhaps more tangible. So the one I've been thinking about increasingly is the possibility of rolling out a universal basic income, especially when you hear about um, what Trump was saying about (laughs) airdropping, well not exactly airdropping, but um, giving people a stipend like a thousand dollar grant, for instance, to money, or in the UK, um, the ways in which people might have their businesses propped up or... In other parts of the world having rent frozen do you think that's becoming more of a possible reality for people that that governments might start to take these sorts of approaches that it might transform the way in which i don't know we we look at wealth and um, how we look after our citizens yeah
1: it's really interesting here in the united states um you know we are now we know down to um You know, just a few presidential candidates, uh, Mm. but uh, there was a big open field just a couple of months ago. And there were lots of people in that field um, here talking about, you know, redistribution, but also talking not just redistribution of wealth, but talking about how does the government, you know, uh, things like universal dividends and things like that um, in a world of AI, Mm. you know, in a world where there's more automation there's this uh theme of well wait a second that means lots and lots of jobs could be going away yeah. quickly yeah. overnight so how do we take care of this people? well guess what jobs just went away quickly overnight it mm. wasn't at uh because of automation at all it was because of this uh microscopic virus and all of a sudden you're face to face with how do we take care of our people so um Uh, Yeah, I think this this will impact our thinking going forward about government's role for sure. Um, It's uh, it's really unclear. uh, And I think it's that's one of the foggiest things right Mm. now is, you know, because our local economies are so much a part of our social lives, the 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 stores and the where we go every day and to get things and and it brings a lot of satisfaction for a lot of people. And so uh, I think it's, there's a lot to think through in terms of government's role in... Um, it's not just about handing out checks yeah. uh, in order to for people to be satisfied.
0: Mm-hmm. As, as in Italy and probably I think in London it's starting to happen now as well. Um, restaurants, bars, clubs are being shut down, theatres, cinemas. It's the things that are kind of really the heart of um, cultural life that you're seeing go first. And of course, a lot of these places are going to find it really hard to keep their doors open on the other side of this. Some of them just are not going to. And so I wonder what, what the approach will be by society and governments to help keep this, this heart beating and alive, because I think it's really vital for people, um, to have something to come back to like that. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I agree for sure.
0: So on a personal level, um, I wonder, with all of this that's going on and the crazy changes that are happening, do you have a sense of what you're most grateful for?
1: Oh, I think you know these moments. I mean, you just you you can't help but be, um, you know, just think all the time about how grateful you are for for family and friends. And I'm I'm I feel like pretty uh, really lucky on that front. Um, where that's not the case for for everyone, you know. And I think that that can be sad because I, I you see that. Every day, and you feel it with um, family and friends, where you're just like, "Wow, okay, we can, we can, we can all get through this." Um, yeah. I'm can be sentimental in a in a weird way, so I think it's the little <laughs> things. When I when I'm on conference calls with people, and I see their kids jump into the frame, <laughs> or their dog, or whatever, I'm grateful that I'm at a company that um i feel like so many of us get a good feeling from that yeah. there are a lot of there are a lot of places that i could work where the child really wouldn't be allowed into the frame and would and oh
0: it's like that interview with that dude on the news yeah
1: yeah <laughs> exactly exactly it's exactly like that right you, and you see oh. that and you're like there's a lot of places where you know the kid can't just jump on to dad's lap yeah um, or the dog can't just come. And then when I see that and I see everybody all eyes to the kid and, the, you know, and that people um, get a good feeling from it together. And I and probably some of that comes from, you know, leadership feeling like that's a good thing. Mm. I get really I'm like, I'm really grateful. I'm because I've worked at other places where that's not the case. Mm. You know, where, um, uh, you you know, I would I would right now I would not feel comfortable like that. Mm. And um, and it gives me I don't know, I get like a a weird, grateful, good (laughs) feeling that um, to be to be part of an organization that um, that, you know, those little things are are appreciated and um, not just sanctioned, but but actually appreciated.
0: I love that. And I wonder how many companies are really going to have to just get on with it and open up their culture to embrace more of these everyday moments yeah um so we're coming to time and the last question I want to ask you is and you can bring as much of yourself to this question as you like um, oh god (laughs) it's one of those for everyone who's listening what question would you like people to dwell with at this moment in time
1: what question would I want people to um you know I think think um gosh that's a really that's a good that's a good question you ask these big questions of like (laughs) you know like what if collectively humanity and that that's hard for me to think on that uh scale um sorry (laughs) no no it's it's good it's just yeah it's no it's really good it's just it it can be it can be difficult um I guess my part of my personality is just sort of the question of, you know, how can I contribute in in a meaningful way? Mm. How can I contribute in ways that not just move um our business forward but um help people in some way and make the the world a little bit better in in some small way. So asking that question, grappling with that question. And that may just be just like, oh, let's just keep it together. The answer (laughs) just might be like, let's just keep, you know, let's just try to keep it together, especially, you know, in in cases where, you know, there's um, people are just trying to keep their family and friends and just some sense of normalcy Mm. um, as we get deeper into this around the world. Um, And I guess in if I were sort of thinking, you know, is there one question that keep people could keep top of mind? Um, it might be something along those lines.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hive Podcast with me, Natalie Nahai. To find out more about today's guest and the topics we explored, you can visit the show notes page at natalinahai. forward slash the Hive Podcast. If you have any questions or feedback, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram at Natalina High. And if you enjoy the show, please give it a rating as it reaches new ears. And also, if there's someone that you feel could be supported by the content of this series, just ping on the link. Thank you again for listening and I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode.